everyone, it's Benji here. I just want to let you guys know that the Budget Overland podcast is uh, no more. Uh, ended that back in February 2024. I just wanted to come on here and give you guys a disclaimer as to not buy anything from Budget Overland Official. The only two things that you should be able to join is the Facebook group, and that is under groups, and it's called Budget Overland. You have to ask to join. It's still up and operational. And then BudgetOverlandPortal.com will still be up and operational until the domain name runs out, which I believe is good till 2026. Anything, everything else that's Budget Overland out there, please don't support. Please don't buy. It's either spam, scam, or something else. Uh, just want to let you guys know, I did start a new podcast called Newfound Overland. It's available on all major platforms. Love to have you over there. Uh, just kind of disclaimer here, guys, up front before you get into today's episode. There's a lot of gold out here. You know, every episode we had some good guests and good topics. So I don't want to discourage you guys from listening further. So please do. And I'd love to see you over on Newfound Overland. Bye-bye. Budget Overland studio has been nuked. We are seeking shelter. We, I had to go pick up Benji. Yeah, and we left my wife and kid behind, so <laughs> it's real serious. Yeah, the end times are here. Um, mutually did. assured destruction by both the United States and Russia has happened. So here we are. Yep. I'm, <laughs> I'm pretty excited. Thanks for having me. Yeah, thanks for being on the podcast. So, hey, welcome uh, to another episode of the Budget Overland Podcast. I'm Jay Teagues, and I have in studio... Literally in our, studio. <laughs> Benji Ward. Uh, and, uh, no, in all seriousness, we're headed out to the uh, Artists over Overland uh, Rigs and Coffee. Benji's getting a new swing arm put on the back, and it's ready for pickup. So it's about an hour drive, and uh, so he rode with me, and we're going to take him to go get his truck. But the topic we wanted to talk about today, which is a little bit relevant, and it, it kind of stemmed from a conversation I was having with my kids, is overlanding and, and bugging out if you need to, right? Because um, as we know, currently, world world events, uh, we don't know what's going to happen, right? And it hopefully it won't happen, but what if something crazy happened? And not only a nuclear event, but just a d- natural disaster of some kind. Like, no matter where you're at, like, you in your region, there is the propensity of something to happen. And what if you needed to shelter in place? What if you needed to evacuate? How could you use your overlanding gear and equipment in both of those scenarios? So uh, we're just kind of off the cuff today, just going to talk about it. Um, so, yeah, what do you think? Well, I, I think it's already kind of funny that most of us are capable of living, you know, already off-grid without the mindset of being a prepper or trying to escape doomsday or what have you. But uh, I think it's something that uh, you need to have in the back of your mind as a game plan in case something does hit the fan. Um, you need to have a, a, a plan on to act and where to go. And um, not to sound too crazy or anything, but have have some, you know, food and water and all that stuff planned out, fuel, uh, so you could be prepared if anything were to happen, so. Yeah, I, I mean, I, we all know they got that show where people, you know, really kind of go off the deep end with it a little bit. And, and that's okay to each their own, right? right? We're not here to judge anyone. Um, but there's a lot of people that just aren't prepared at all, and they don't really know where to start. And ultimately, though, you need to have some kind of a plan, whether it be a shelter-in-place plan, 
uh, because maybe it's going to be a, a hurricane or even in a nuclear event, you should shelter in place initially and then potentially have to bug out if you, if, if, if it comes to that. Um, and this is a conversation, I mean, I didn't want to freak my kids out, but the other day, you know, when uh, listening to the news and I heard the news that, hey, Russia is going on full nuclear alert, and I'm like, okay, hang on. Uh, that's the first time in my life that yeah. that's ever happened. What does that mean? It's almost out of the realm of comprehension. Like, what does that look like? No one knows. We've never experienced it before. But you got a loon at the helm of, you know, <laughs> a, lot, a nuclear arsenal and their back's against the wall. What are they going to do? I, I don't know. And I like, I pray to God it doesn't come to that. But I did have the conversation with my, my daughters, like, all right, let's sit down, everyone, and let's talk about, like, I, I kind of explained what's happening over there, and not to freak them out, but, like, we need to have, we need to be prepared, and what does that scenario kind of look like in the event that I needed to go get them, you know? Uh, reminded them that they need to have their phones on them. I'm constantly on them about, like, taking their winter coats to school in the wintertime, because what happens if the bus breaks down or they have to evacuate the school for whatever reason. Uh, we all know that there's a lot of tragic things happening in schools. What does that look like? You know, so, you know, one of the things that I, that I explained to them is like, look, you're going to have your phone. I'm going to come get you in the forerunner. I got, a, I got another car, but I'm going to come get you in the forerunner. The forerunner is packed up with gear. You know, we've got enough provisions and whatnot in the truck that we could, if we needed to leave, we, we could. And, um, and so when I was talking to Benji, I'm like, hey, this might be an interesting topic to talk about that's kind of relevant to today. Like, what is your what is your plan look like? What are some of the considerations you have? If something were to happen, you know, how would you how could you use your gear uh, to, to do that? This would be a great conversation. I would love to ex expand on this conversation within the uh, community because I'm sure there's some people out there that have some fantastic ideas that we're not even going to talk about today. So, yeah, I don't know. So I'll be honest with you. I don't have a plan. And, you know, it sounds like, um, you know, after you brought it up, I'm, I'm not like a last minute person, but I can be. So if, if something did hit the fan, I mean, you could spend hours packing, you know, you need, if something happened, you need to go. So this is uh, kind of a good news flash for me and kind of in my head now to, to at least think about it, um, you know, in case something does happen, have a plan. And I think if you've got a garage or something, you could set aside some, some supplies, but not to sound crazy, but you got to think about this stuff if you want to survive or try to survive. <laughs> Some yeah. people don't. Well, we live we live in the Midwest, and so we have you know tornadoes. Um, I've living in the Midwest. You know, when I was a kid, um, our house got flooded and devastated in the flood of '93 when the river came up. Hmm. Where we currently live, you know, we live up. I think both of us live on pretty high ground, so flooding is not an issue where in our neighborhood, but it is an issue in our town. Yeah. And the New Madrid Fault is, you know, it's a big hurricane or a, a, a earthquake zone here in the Midwest. And they've been talking about the New Madrid, you know, it, it, uh, it had had one of the largest earthquakes, I think a couple, a few hundred years ago or something yeah. like that. And the propensity is, is there. I know that the uh, Corps of Engineers constantly drilling, like when it happens, it's not a matter of if they're really like, like when it happens, this is what we're gonna execute. Uh, and and you know so all those scenarios are, are relevant and I think that this this thing just kind of really got me got my wheels turning because for the first time I really had my rig kind of set up like okay this is an option like if I had to get out I could actually live uh, and, and and maneuver where I needed to go to get away from from you know 
the disaster, or I got some additional tools that I had to shelter in place that I could use. Yeah, and like I said earlier, like I've never thought about it, but we're already ahead of the game by having the overland rigs and all the gear and stuff. Yeah, uh, it's just a matter of planning it out and you know, and talking to your family about it, like an escape plan, if you will. Um, so, so if something crazy happened, Benji. Like, say you had to evacuate your home. Say. Say, heaven forbid, a nuclear because you know we live right next to Fort Leonard Wood. It's not a, it, it's a military base, so obviously all military bases are targets. But what if something were to happen here and you had to to leave? Where would you go? What would that look like for you and your family? Well, I've got, and I don't want to say like where they're at, but I would almost go to like the Northwest, not you know not like Washington, but I'd go somewhere like. Nebraska or somewhere kind of I don't know I don't want to go down south or anywhere where the city or you know high population areas are you don't want to do that in my opinion but I would probably go towards like Iowa or Nebraska or somewhere kind of out there in the, the wasteland if you will I'm not making fun of those areas but they're not highly populated um, that that would be my strategy so yeah I'm kind of in the same boat. I would, um, you know, I'm in the military, so obviously I probably have to go where the military told me to go, but yeah, I'm also retiring, so if it comes to that fact, if, if I, you know, when I get to that point uh, and, I, and I'm not called up, then I would, same thing, I would probably want to get away from people because people get incredibly desperate during desperate times, yeah. and the threat of lawlessness and all of those things amplify any threat that you're going through. So I'm kind of the same way. I'd rather go off the grid someplace where it's probably less populated, more abundant as far as like wildlife so I could fish and hunt and sustain. I don't want to go anywhere where the weather's going to be too awfully um, hot because you know, if right. you're going to be there for a long period of time. Um, you know, you got to deal with the, the elements, but probably someplace away from people as well. Well, I've got a friend, and I would invite him on the podcast, but he's not podcast material. <laughs> but he's already got, like, his family and his, like, neighborhood. Not a neighborhood. It's more like a square, like a block where there's, like, three or four houses, and they're all working together. And he's talked to me before, and he's a prepper. And so they've got, you know, their ammunitions. Um, they've got their food and their water, and they've got everyone has their task and they've got a they've even got like a neighborhood plan as to where they meet up and and they, how long they could stay um you know kind of off grid or boarded up um so it's kind of interesting he's talked to me of you know a little bit about it i'm not 100 percent in all that prepping stuff but he said benji with your skills We'll let you in. So I took that as a compliment. So when you talk about that a lot, it's not about what you have, it's your access to what your friends have, right? So make some prepping friends. I, I, I humored him, but I, I'm not sure what he was getting at. So he, I don't know, he said we were more than welcome to join if, if the world fell apart. So I, I thought that was pretty cool. Oh, it's awesome. I would love to have him on the show, but I don't think he, I don't think he would be entertaining. I'm not entertaining, but here I am. Well, we should. We'll invite him on. That'd be good. It'd be interesting to have a legit preppers. Yeah. They, you know, what is the mindset and what what equipment and skills do they prioritize? Because they're probably far more oh, yeah. consumed. They think about it a lot more than, yeah. than the average person. You know, but it's like it's legit. Like we're not we're not trying to to convince people here to be preppers, but just yeah. really like be prepared. So, what is uh. 
what does being prepared look like for you? If you had to bug out, like what would that look like? What would you what would you grab? I think number one would be food. I would take my guns, which everybody else, if they have them, guarantee you they would take them. Um, food, water, shelter is within my vehicle. Um, and then uh, fuel would be kind of a hard one for me because I don't have any um, exterior fuel sources as far as like roto packs or, or anything like that to transport fuel. My fuel tank is like an 18 gallon tank and I get like 14 miles a gallon. Um, so that's not really an ideal vehicle um, for like long distance travel um, to bug out in, in my opinion, because fuel, I mean, you're going to, all the gas stations are going to be hit up and all that jazz. So yeah, that, that would be a tough one for me to try to line up my fuel. I think food, we could be good. Um, water will be good, you know, for a limited time, but fuel for me would just be a hard one. I think fuel. Yeah. I, I you know, just watching what has happened in Ukraine, because oh, yeah. a lot of the Ukrainians, like, they weren't really expecting this to happen. But what happens in a disaster or even in a hurricane, people go to the fuel lines, right? And and you, you, you saw people, was it during the, the pandemic? Like, people were putting fuel in, like, plastic yeah, bags? Yeah, ig ignorant stuff. And that's what happens when people panic. They, they make rash decisions. And, and and literally, like, if if the world, you know, economy collapses, there's no money. There's no credit cards. There's no cash. Like, what? that's not going to do you any good. So that's another thing, barter system, whatever. If you want to dive into this a little deeper, you're going to have something to, that's why it's better to have like a little community. If, if you're going to hash it out, you know, talk to your buddies that are in overlanding and all that stuff. You guys need to have a plan too. work together. Yeah. Well, I, I think that, I think the overlanding community would have a little bit of a leg up on that because, you know, we're used to getting outside and, a lot of people don't do any form of camping. They're so comfortable right. with what they have. But I think that, uh, you know, we got a leg up on, on a lot of people. And going back to what you said, like, when crisis happens, people get panicked. That's why I don't want to be around right. people. You know, I've I've been around in, in, in crisis-type situations, and you don't know what people are, where their mind's at, and they do irrational things when uh, they're threatened. And... You know, taking that dynamic, I think, will increase your ability to survive. Did you ever, there's a show that I watched a couple years ago called The Colony. Did you ever see that? No, I haven't. Um, it's on It's on Netflix. They ran, like, two seasons of it. And what they did, well, it was interesting because they had, like, a post-apocalyptic scenario, like, in a city. And they brought, like, ten people together. And they had a variety of skills. So it was almost like, uh, you know, like, gun survivor and they've got like okay this is the military guy this is the doctor this is yeah. so they did that in a post-apocalyptic type scenario so they brought in like an engineer a nurse uh the military guy um i don't know just a variety of skills uh, a fitness instructor like just a just a hodgepodge uh, the housewife you know and and they basically brought them all together to survive this um, event and they were like in a um then they blocked off like a couple city blocks or something like that, and they 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 had a bunch of a, a bunch of scraps, and they had to basically you know scrounge for food and build a water uh, purification system, and it was neat to see how they were the the human dynamic of them coming together as a team, and then the ingenuity of bringing all of their experiences and 
skills together to create this community so they could live and thrive. And then they were tested by having like other bands of people come in and like raid their place and they had to deal with like, we talked about like other panicked tribes, if you will. It's a fascinating show. I really, I'm well, that kind of reminds me of uh, The Walking Dead. Have you ever seen that? Yeah. So Zombies they all have, well, they've all got their little communities in like season eight or whatever. And then they do their trades and everybody's got their uh, resources that they bartered with and everyone's got their little you know things to do your doctors and stuff but kind of like that i guess um if you're lucky enough to find space like that that's like long-term stuff but yeah i don't know some people are like my wife she could care less like if we're invaded by anybody she's just like man if it's my time to go it's i'm like that's horrible like at least fight you know (laughs) i think that's kind of don't be a victim (laughs) well i think that's kind of in the our most people's dna is to fight um, or at least try to survive. Uh, but at that point, she and we've talked about it. She's like, I just don't, I don't want to spend the energy doing this. Get right with Jesus, right? <laughs> She's just like, all right, we're good. If that's your prep plan. Hey, everyone, just have a plan, right? <laughs> <laughs> Let's see. If we're on a generator, I can watch Netflix for X amount of hours. <laughs> yeah. No, I think I think uh, the fuel aspect. Now, if I think about my kit for bug out purposes, I think I pretty well have most things that I need. I'd have to shore up the fuel thing. The water purification. I don't have a water purification yeah. system, and if I think about something to add to my kit, yeah. it's gen- generally something I don't necessarily need because I can find water yeah. usually. But in a in a crisis situation, that's going to be a problem. There's a lot more options too for the purification systems. You can get like the um, the larger systems. You know, if you want to do a five or ten gallon cycle at a time, you can do that. That's for like larger groups. Um, but like even like the little pocket size ones now you can get um, I, I don't know any of the brands offhand but there's at least three or four um, really good ones out there but I mean it's like you said if you don't need it why buy it I mean we got water literally at every every location that I go to um, you know gas stations you can even use their water if you want so teach yeah. their own but that's that's an option too we can now but if it comes to like an actual like emergency kit, yeah. I think that's something uh, that something need to look look into. Need to look into, and I, I currently don't have a water purification system. To be honest, I would I guess have to boil, you know. But um, yeah, it makes it a lot easier when you don't have to boil your water. It's a time-consuming activity. And, like in a situation where you don't have fire, you know, I got fire right. now, but eventually, who knows? You might be in a scenario where yeah. you've ever watched any of those survivor shows. Trying to make fire is one of the hardest damn things to, yeah. to do. And it, it's always interesting, the ones that bring the fire starter. Sometimes people bring their, like, bow drill because they're like, well, I do this all the time right. on my own. But they actually get to the survival yeah. and it doesn't work out. And then yeah. it literally, they'll you don't spend, have a lot of time. spend days on that. And then at that point, they're they're not building shelter. They're not getting food. And then yeah. they're just starting to weaken their body and using energy they can't afford to lose. So. It takes a lot of energy to start a fire, and you have to have the right conditions. And oh, by the way, what if it's raining yeah, outside? They always send those damp. guys to yeah. like Vancouver, and it's super wet. Yeah, <laughs> or Alaska. And so water is a, well. If it's raining, at least you can collect the water then. Yeah, but uh, but but you still need fire for warmth, right? You know, that's humans need that or to cook your food. You know. Yeah, and some areas don't even have firewood, so you got to yeah. think about that. Yeah. No, it's all interesting things to uh, to, to think about. 
what kit, uh, what what part of your kit do you think would be most beneficial to you? Something that you have that you're like, you think you rely on the most? You, going back to, oh man, that's a tough one because I've got solar and jackery, but at that point I won't need, you know, cell phones or anything. I might need flashlights. Um, I mean, you start prioritizing what you're going to actually use a lot. Yeah. Um, I guess for me, outside of the vehicle would be, oh man, that's a tough one. I don't know, it'd have to be like either, hmm, like a tool of some sort, so either like, I would guess like an axe or, or cooking equipment, you know, pots, something. I don't know, that's a tricky question. I don't, I can't think of anything. I've watched a lot of those survival shows, and it's interesting to see people bring the pot, but the pot has, like, multiple, multiple uses, yeah. you know, and it's, it's not easy, there's nothing, it's very difficult out in nature to find something that can store your food or water that doesn't leak, or, I mean, that, that's a, it's an item that's simple, but remarkably important. Yeah, multitasking. Because like a lot of those guys, they'll cook. Uh, I mean, you'll eat. You catch a fish, you're gonna eat everything. So they'll make a stew out of it, uh, and then you drink the water, and you get you know all that good good stuff from that. So I would I would think maybe like a pot, but then you'll also need like some sort of tool or utensil. Definitely like a a really good chopper knife, something like that. Multi-use. Yeah. Uh, Maybe some paracord. That stuff goes a long way. Yeah, paracord's good stuff. Hey, I like the axe. I got my axe mounted up here on the side of my truck. You never know. You might have chop some firewood, or maybe you can help, like, you know, clean clean an animal, or you, know, you use it as a weapon for defense if you need to, yeah. right? Um, use it for a hammer. You know, it's got multi, multi-purpose to it, and it's something that doesn't weigh a lot, doesn't take up a lot of room. Mine's tucked up here out of the way. Mine, uh, I've never taken a shovel, I've never taken an axe, simply because of our old setup, you know, it's like, already had a lot of stuff, and so I think after, because I'm getting the rig today, so after I kind of evaluate more space, um, I think it'll go a long way. Yeah. No, the, it really makes me think about the, my fuel capability. I think that's probably my big, between that and water purification would be the two things that I would really have to figure out. The fuel, yeah, is a hard one. Because if you're, I know you don't get the best fuel mileage with your tent and all the gear, and I'm all wound up on my low gears. That's not helping, big tires. So yeah. Yeah, see, I've got I've got a VW Jetta Sport Wagon. That's my that's my fuel economy vehicle. It runs off diesel. I get about 45, 50 miles a gallon, so I can get a lot of mileage out of that. Yeah. But I'm wondering how much if it would be more difficult to get diesel, or would it be easier to get diesel because not as many people are using it. Yeah. I'm not sure. I'm not sure. That'd be a good statistic to see. Well, you've got all these truck drivers, so surely there's a huge surplus of fuel. Yeah. So, depends on the part of the country, I guess, that you would go that, that you could use it. I know fuel lasts longer than gasoline yeah. you know, as far as it going bad. I think something else to really consider is looking at your medical kit. Because when you're out and... Um, it's easier to get infection and things like that. So having, you know, peroxide and alcohol, having good bandages so you can clean any any wounds or cuts because a little cut or something like that can yeah. 
can get infected pretty quick and that'll wipe you out. That's good. So that's another consideration is, you know, where is your aid kit? Is it fully stocked and ready to go? Would you need to add a little bit more to it? I know, um, you know I think ultimately uh, a 72 hour kit, like a 72 hour survival kit is probably something that we, we all need. I think uh, there's a website like ready.gov, you know, that has like, you know, it gives you like a checklist of things to put in there. I'll see if I can link that into the show notes. Okay. And, uh, you know, just, just a couple containers full of stuff specifically for bugging out. Like I, you know, I use those, um, uh, those South African ammo boxes yeah. everyone's been using for overlanding because they, but maybe, maybe grab a couple extra of those and make that part of my prep kit because in the event I got to bug out, you know, I just have those boxes ready to go and keep them in the house, you yeah. know, and they're handy and accessible and I can throw them in the truck if I need to go. Yeah, that's good. Um, what, what are some food items that you would have? Mm, I would look into more of the canned food. Uh, maybe not so much like MREs, but canned, non-perishable stuff, stuff that you can get a few uh, months out of or a year or whatever. Um, even like, I don't know, like ramen noodles, I think those have a huge date. Just something that's kind of small that fills you up quick. Yeah. So... Pastas, like uh, rice. You get a rice, big yeah, old bag cheap. of that nasiki rice or whatever. Yeah, and it's easy to to make. You get a lot of calories, and it's just good with anything. Like you know, yeah. you can mix anything with yeah. it, and, and then just get you some some sauces, hot sauce along the. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, that's good because there's not going to be a whole lot of meat unless you go hunting because stores and all that jazz be out of uh, refrigerant and all the meat will spoil. Yeah. Yeah. So having having a little extra food there, some, some dry good items. Someone had a great idea in the uh, in the Overland group. They had the the mashed potatoes. You just have yeah. water with. I'm like yeah. I didn't really thought of that. That's yeah, I've not thought of that either. Is yeah. Because they don't take up a lot of room, you know. Yeah. I don't know, like nutritionally, what's in them, and if that's probably not good for anything in a package. Like that's <laughs> probably not good for you. But if you needed the calories, you needed to yeah. get some nutrition. And, that, that's an option. Ultimately, protein is going to be you can, a lot of these things that you can store are all carbs, but you need some form of protein. Another another thing would be to pack like a small fishing pole. I don't I don't fish a lot. I mean, I'll go out every once in a while just for fun. But uh, you know, there's there's got to be some cool little fishing poles that don't take up a lot of space, and it doesn't require a whole lot of um, tackle. I don't think to to catch a fish if you're just going to try to survive off of it. Yeah. Um, so that would be a good uh, item to have. And then, and then, you know, I know a lot of a lot of people don't like guns, but guns have a practical use for self-defense. And you know, if you needed to to bag an animal, you know, um, it makes it far more. <laughs> I mean, even hunting with a gun is challenging, right? right. But, uh, but I see those survival shows where they're out there with a homemade bow and arrow or a spear. Right. You know, it, it's significantly more difficult having a gun. You know, you can you can bag an animal if you need to, or defend yourself. So, yeah, that'd be a good one. So, I'm trying to think of what what other items we, we would need. Well, ultimately, if your vehicle is your main bug out, you're gonna need fuel, and you're gonna make sure like your battery's good, and everything's in tip top shape. But I don't know if there's a 
a plan whenever you do escape and then you you know find a good location do you hang out there for a little bit or are you just going to be nomad for a while i think you just play that by uh, you have to see the scenario of what's, yeah, what's yeah, actually every, happening are you bugging out for a long period of time or are you bugging out just for a short period of time right? and then uh, radios you know if you got a way to listen to uh, any kind of satellite communications or see what the news of the world is you know um, where to go where to avoid if that, there's that's any a great question too like yeah. what happens how do you how do you communicate with your friends and loved ones yeah how do they know where you're going and if, if any of those things are optional at that point you know if, if satellites go out or anything like that you just take yourself back 200 years to where you know you couldn't even send mail so it'd be kind of weird it would be weird for sure hopefully it never happens you know but it's more just thinking about it like having like you know put some thought into it because the possibility is there you know our systems can go down rather quickly if something crazy were to happen yeah i mean who knew that we would be you know just we're about eight days into this thing and it's just kind of like how quickly things have turned last news bit i saw that there were there were artillery fire on one of the largest nuclear mm-hmm. sites in the in the world right and that's scary yeah, like that's crazy that's nuts um and who, who knows like hopefully this doesn't get any more out of hand but things can get out of hand rather quickly yeah and we saw just a little bit of that with like just the the the, the pandemic right supply chains are stressed we're still having shortages but it really opened up i think everyone's eyes to how you know, quickly how, things can just disappear how quickly and, things can change and it's a bit more fragile than we thought yeah absolutely and then we live in this you know internet society it's where everything work whatever's you know at the fingertips of your keyboard and then you get out there in the real world like survivor mode there's probably 80 percent of the people out there can't even survive so or more yeah. i don't know yeah. It's crazy to think about. And and those are the people that are going to get panicked and do irrational things. Yeah. And they don't have the same level of skills. Like I said earlier, I think we have we have more skills available to us because of the hobby that we love, yeah. you know, and, and just being out there and being more aware. A lot of people, they don't go camping. They don't do anything like that. They have no skills, and they're going to be the ones that are going to be really freaking out. Yeah, that's pretty wild to think about. It's crazy. Like I said, hopefully it... Uh, it doesn't happen and uh, yeah I don't know what else what, what, what are we missing hmm. can't we all just get along yeah, <laughs> like, if we could all get along that'd be great well then you got just natural disaster I would I don't know I just I think it would almost be fun just to if we did bug out somewhere you know try to build a little not a community because I don't like that many people but you kind of need people to work with that would be cool to have, like, uh, maybe uh, create a scenario, uh, an overlanding bug out. Yeah. Um, like, okay. Yeah, St. Louis was hit. Sa- yeah, this, St. Louis was hit. Uh, all of our overland friends get together and create a community <laughs> and survive for a couple days. Uh, only good for two <laughs> nights. <laughs> only good for two nights and I'm out. <laughs> that was fun, guys. Uh, as soon as the next uh, series of Yellowstone's on, I'm back, yeah, on, I'm back, back on the grid. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, well, it's definitely something to think about. Not trying to be morbid, but these were some of the thoughts that I've had this week. Is like, okay, what if I needed to deal with this scenario? What would I do? And I'm like looking at like 
all the equipment that I would need is my Overland yeah. bug out gear, really. And if you think about it, that's quite a bit of gear that you've already, you know, got accumulated that a lot of people probably don't even have laying around their garage. And it's it's purposely built for, you know, living off grid. Yeah. Which is convenient. Overlanding and prepping, they go hand in hand. They do, whether you <laughs> like it or not. I'm not yeah. a big prepper, I've already said it, but this kind of opened my eyes too, you know. Yeah. Yeah. Well, like I said, I just had the conversation with, with my kiddos, and I'm like, you know, I would use the Forerunner. This is what we would do. And I really started thinking about it. I'm like, yeah, you know, a lot of the gear that I have, like the truck is pretty much already packed. It wouldn't take long to finish packing up my truck and bugging out if I needed to, yeah. to, to get out of town. Or use the equipment that I have to sh shelter in place a little bit longer yeah. in that scenario. But at the end of the day, I think the takeaway is have a plan, talk it through with your family, and you know how can you use your overlanding equipment and gear in a, in a situation whether you have to shelter in place or you had to evacuate what would that look like for you yep. and is there any specific pieces of a gear or kit that you would need uh, in addition to what you already have so well. yeah I, I think the water purification first aid kit those would be in fuel would be my top three to look more into well, if we're uh, if we're set up in a in a communal situation and you have a budget overland patch, you will be allowed entry into the community. So make sure you go to the budget overland swag shop and grab yourself a patch, Unless there's shirt. Blood What's that? Unless there's blood stains on it, they stole it off your <laughs> fellow members. Yeah. So if you got if you got a, a bo patch, you're you're good to go. So get your budget overland patch and sticker, and uh, you're part of the tribe. There you go. Sticker. <laughs> yeah. So. I don't know, other than that, hey, if you haven't already done so, subscribe so you can hear more of our overlanding shenanigans yeah. and thoughts on a variety of topics. And uh, we'll be uh, we'll be at the Moore Expo here pretty soon. We've got other events coming up, and uh, we look forward to seeing you guys, meeting you guys. Leave us a review, share this, and um, yeah, if you haven't joined the Facebook community, go check out the tribe over there. Don't be a jerk. It's, it's just overlanding. It's just overlanding. I, We've had uh, had some conversations recently. People are just—I don't know where people's mindset are, but it's just a, a cool community. There's no there's no need to bash anyone, and uh, just so be cool with one another. We're priding ourselves on trying to create that community. Some of these other groups are out of control. I mean, they really are. Like it's cringy. I've had to leave a couple overland groups because uh, just the smack talking. I, I don't I don't get it. Uh, oh, yeah. But if if you're listening to this and you're looking for a new place to go, you know, look at the budget overland community because I think. I think it's a good place to be, but um, sometimes we have to come in and like, hey, we gotta clean it up, guys. You know, let's, let's rain it in a little bit. So, yep. overlandings for everyone, for everyone. Uh, and uh, vastly, there was a gentleman who posted an awesome setup the other day. Um, he had a Forerunner. Did you see that? Yeah, fifth Post? gen. Yeah. Fifth gen. He's got the uh, you know slide out, uh, refrigerator, like the whole the whole gamut. And people are like. I don't know, budget shaming, like, well, that's not budget, that's not this or that. And I thought it was it was really ignorant to do that. He came back with a very methodical, uh, methodical post saying, well, here's why it is budget. Because most of the stuff that he had purchased was secondhand for off Craigslist. Yeah. And he listed the original price with the, you know, the price that he paid for it. <laughs> and so budget doesn't mean cheap. Budget just means good use of your dollar. And I thought that was a prime example of someone that had a pretty nice rig yeah. um, and how he achieved 
his setup by not spending top dollar, right? By being smart with his money. Well, it's, it goes back to the pissing contest and, you know, everybody's going to want what, you know, you can't have and blah, blah, blah. You pity yourself. I mean, it's, it doesn't matter, man. Yeah. Like, why, why even waste the time to comment on that? Yeah, so... Anyway, just be conscious of, you know, don't budget shame other people. It's not everyone's budget is different. And, um, you know, this community, Overlanding, we, we welcome everyone. And at the end of the day, it's about how can we use our, our dollar to maximize our Overlanding adventures and our trips. And everyone has a different budget. And uh, it doesn't necessarily mean the cheapest option. So I just wanted to, just wanted to throw that out there. Yeah. But. Other than that, um, we'll see you guys at the Moore Expo and other events. And um, yeah, in the meantime, if you don't know where to go, figure it out and go. If you don't know where to go, figure it out. And bring your patch <laughs> so we know that you're cool. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> Just keep driving. Just keep driving. All right, guys. Have a good one. We'll see you guys in the next episode.